Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Good people, how we doing? Welcome to the Raptors Over Everything podcast. My name is Emmett Mann. Thank you for tuning in. Please do rate, review, subscribe, uh, like all that fun stuff on podcast platforms and also on YouTube. You can also follow me on Twitter at Amit underscore man. You can follow Katie at WTEVS. What does that stand for, Katie? It's whatevs. Whatevs? Oh, wow. I feel ancient right now. I've aged myself so much. (laughs) It's whatevs. (laughs) It's okay. It was worth the wait. (laughs) Uh, How are you doing? How are things? I'm doing well, man. It it was a really good week to be like back in the swing of basketball, NBA basketball, I should clarify. Um, Did you you go to the game the other day? I did. Yeah, I was uh, at the game on Monday night. It was very electrifying to kind of be back in that atmosphere again. I think everybody felt that way, like players, media, anybody I spoke to. So, yeah, it ruled, and I can't wait to get back there again soon very soon as fred said it didn't quite exactly match the vibe that uh we'll probably see in the regular season he was like yeah i mean it was like what 200 people 300 people whatever it was it didn't feel like it was a regular season game didn't feel like they were back in toronto he's like but obviously we are um i'm sure on opening night it'll be very very different then we'll get those vibes again you know it's back the raptors are back Mm -hmm. in toronto and it'll be a, a sellout crowd all that fun stuff um but on to basketball um, last night's game, so the Raptors lost 125-113 to the 76ers. Um, Joel Embiid played in this game. Tobias Harris played in this game. Obviously for the Raptors, uh, no Pascal Siakam, no Chris Boucher. He's going to be out for three to four weeks with a finger issue. Um, yeah, so a bit of an up and down game. There were some some interesting things to take away from it. And we're going to focus on a couple of players. And let's start with OG because OG, once again, had a terrific game. Um, he just keeps on keeps on wowing us. <laughs> he keeps on showing us that he has a little bit more in his, in his in his basket now than he had last season and seasons prior. He just keeps on showing that he's got a little bit more gusto and a little bit more flair to his game, a little more creativity. What were your impressions of, of young OG, the Raptors' son? I don't know that we can call him. I mean, he is young, but no, he's a vet. He's a, he's a veteran I guess core. Technically, I guess technically he is. Yes, <laughs> he's part of the veteran veteran leadership. At 24. Weird to say. Yeah. But true. Uh, OG just looked like very, he he was his shooting. I mean, to me, it was his shooting from last night. Uh, It's like extremely, this is the preseason, folks. Like, it's extremely early to be talking about, you know, serious takeaways. But I think, um, you know, what I know of OG, and I think what we've seen pretty reliably season over season, is he'll always add something new to his game. If this is what he's added to his game this season, I'm all I'm all for it, especially uh, with the lineup. I know some people seem a little bit concerned about the lack of uh, 
a true shooter, so to speak. Yeah. I don't know that necessarily I'm on board with that uh, worry yet, just because I think a lot of things have yet to emerge from this team, understandably so. Uh, but OG looked very comfortable. Uh, his passing, I think, was also really phenomenal at points. Mm-hmm. He was just, uh, he looked like, he looked like, the, you know, we're joking around, but he did look like the veteran on that team. Indeed he did. There were a couple of things that really stuck out to me. And there was one sequence in uh, in the second quarter where he, he came off a screen and uh, Fred found him and he kind of hit like a turnaround three-pointer. And I was like, mm-hmm. okay, so he did not have that. Like the footwork, the composure, uh, the balance. Balance has been a big issue for him, especially at, at his size. Some of those guys may be very strong, but they're not always um, the most coordinated all the times. And that's been something he's been a little bit guilty of. I mean, look at sometimes the way he dribbles. It looks kind of awkward, but in that moment, um, he looked very confident and the shot looked amazing. And then the next sequence down, mind you, both of these shots are on Tobias Harris. That's a little footnote for you. Um, he had a fadeaway fade over Tobias in the post. And I don't know, I, I clipped that part and I put it on my Twitter because I'm just like, look what he's doing now. <laughs> like, imagine this young man four years ago that you, if you told him four years ago you're going to be doing this, I'm sure he'd say yes, but I wouldn't believe that he was going to be doing that because that's how, that's how much of a... Uh, a jump he's made over this past couple of years. And, you know, again, it started uh, last season. Once the Norm Powell trade happened, he got a little bit more room to be creative, a little bit more room to, to make some mistakes and he is still making mistakes, but still, I mean, he really looks like a person who's ready to make that jump. And mm-hmm. I want to get to a point with him where he's making some of these moves and I'm not wowed anymore. I'm just like, this is just what OG does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I think the only reason we're not perhaps like not that familiar with what he does yet is because OG is still one of the rare players, I think, within the Raptors due to circumstance who just hasn't had his full runway any season, you know, that the Raptors have had him on the roster. Yeah. He's uh, he's had a lot of disruptions in his career thus far. So if this is, you know, touch wood, if this is the season that we get that, you know, you did see it in stretches toward the end in Tampa. Um, I think it's it's apt that you bring up his handle because that's something that has improved immensely. And like theoretically, an improved handle is going to flow right into better shot making, you know, like better, especially yep. like being able to like stop and turn and move fluidly and kind of pick his spots, which it's, it's a small sample size again thus far, but that's sort of what we've seen Monday's mm-hmm. game, last night's game. So... I don't know. I'm just like, I'm very enchanted by OG. I think we all are, Ooh, uh, but I, like I can't that. wait to. That's the perfect word. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's like, I mean, I'm enchanted by a lot of this roster. I think everybody is, but it's very, it feels like this kind of crucial, uh, important moment for OG to like step into the spotlight that I think has been due to him for such a long time now. I really enjoyed also that uh, he's doing this very efficiently, like very, very efficiently. Not like mm-hmm. he's like well above 50%. Um, he was already a great three-point shooter, but now it seems like he's going to be able to add a faster pace to his shooting because it is much faster than it used to be. Um, I was talking to him on the other day and I, I was kind of griping at, you know, some of the starters on the Raptors, like it takes them a long time to get their shots off, but I got to kind of check myself a little bit because OG, like he gets it off pretty quick and it's going in. And mm-hmm. man, it's really, really cool to see. I was <clears throat> unsure if he'd be able to get to 20 points per game this season, but now with um, Pascal out, with uh, Chris Boucher out, he's going to be counted on. I said this on the previous episode too, that he's going to be counted on to 
to score. He has to score. It's not mm-hmm. like defends or butts. He has to put points on the board. And I think he's going to do it. He even unleashed two 360 layups. Did you see those? Weren't those fun? They weren't exactly yeah, 360. See. They were like 354s <laughs> or something like that. But that's the kind of confidence he's, I mean, it's preseason. So he might unleash those things now. Maybe not during the regular season, but two 354 layups. Isn't that cool? <laughs> All right, so that's the OG story. Let's move on to Justin Champagny, a player that we didn't touch on the previous podcast. And a couple of people pointed that out saying, why didn't you talk about Justin? And admittedly, I had a bit of a time issue. And so we couldn't get to him. But luckily, he keeps on impressing. So there's uh, lots of reason to discuss him again. And I'm not sure if you caught this, Katie, but he spoke to the media, I think, for the first time since becoming a Raptor. And like I didn't know what he what his voice sounded like really and uh, a couple days ago and then we found out and i was really impressed by his poise by his confidence um he pointed out i'm sure many people have seen this already that he pointed out that uh, he turned down offers from roughly 16 to 17 teams because he wanted to be a toronto raptor he uh, he like many young players that we've heard over the past couple of years that they really trust their development system it's one of the it's one of the biggest assets to the franchise at the moment is that Players like the idea that they can go to the Raptors and they can get better. And uh, Justin echoed that as well. And some of the other things he talked about too, he's like, all I need is an opportunity with the team and I'll take care of the rest. He had like a three-year plan. The two years, the first two years were going to be, he's going to go to school. And then the third year, which he's in that right now, is that he was going to make the NBA. And here he is. He's in the NBA. Uh, Very impressive young man. He seems like he's got a really good head on his shoulders. And also he's a very smart basketball player. So, to start, Katie, what were your impressions of uh, of Justin over the past two games? Well, I regret, first of all, skipping practice that day because uh, yeah. I did not go. And I would have loved to, you know, be there to hear him speak in person because, yeah. as you mentioned, he's got a lot of confidence. I think he shows he's like shown right off the bat that he knows who he, the, who he is, the kind of player he is and what he wants. And that's the kind of clarity Toronto can really use this season. Um, mm-hmm. especially with everybody kind of vying for spots. Not that I think the roster is going to get clarified any, like the starting lineups or anything are going to get clarified anytime soon. Um, but I, I really like him. He's a hustle player. You saw that a lot last night, you know, like he'll, he'll be going for second chance points, rebounds, like, and that's a good thing. I think also with this team, we saw that, I think we saw that more on Monday's game than last yeah. night's, but just with a lot of the length and movement, uh, and size, the ball's just like flying all over the place. <laughs> a lot of these guys still need to learn how to slow down. Um, sure. But, you know, if you got Justin there to help you clean it up, that's a little bit less worrisome. Uh, but, yeah, like he, what he said about the Toronto development system, obviously extremely apt. I was watching the Sixers broadcast last night, actually, or a Philly broadcast last night, and it was something that they were talking about, too. And I just think like that's something that, as Toronto fans, you should feel very prideful about Mm -hmm. is because now this development system is not just known you know league-wide it's known like like well and above and beyond that and for someone like justin who has like a limited shot of getting in the nba you know a player is nothing to say like against his capabilities or the kind of caliber player he is it's just there's not that many roles in such a small league but for him to kind of hold out and want to come and play for the raptors that says something. So I think him being so intentional, obviously, I really love that. Uh, and like I said before, that's something that I think is just going to back up the whole squad. 
Yeah, I, I gave the 76ers broadcast a chance last night, but then as soon as I tuned in, they're like, oh, OG's defense has really improved. I'm like, done, done. Not, I'm not doing this because, yeah, like he's been Fair. he's been great at defense since day one. Sure, it's improved, but you can't say that he's all of a sudden made this big jump because he's been good the entire time. So I mm-hmm. tuned in for like literally 45 seconds, and then I'm like, okay, I'm switching to the TSN one. Um, on Justin, though, uh, yeah, like you had said, he kind of seems like a player who's going to be like a release valve in some way because um, he's going to mm-hmm. be always in the right right spot. His anticip- anticipation and timing is really, really impressive when it comes to uh, helping, when it comes to knowing where to be on the court, uh, cutting on the offensive end. Um, there were a couple of really nice cuts last night, um, a couple of passes he got from Fred that were really impressive. He had six offensive boards in the past two games. He's got really a, a real knack for the ball. And that just comes mm-hmm. with him uh, understanding the game. He said this again, sorry, Katie, you weren't at practice the other day, but he was asked <laughs> at 6'6", what makes you such a good rebound? He's like, I just want it. I just go get it. Like some guys say that they want to get it. He's like, but I actually want to get the ball. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at it. I'm looking at the trajectory. And I'm like, okay, so it's going over there. And I just go there. He's like, it's very simple. It kind of reminds me of Reggie Evans. Reggie Evans is like when other guys are looking at the ball or looking at the shot, he's like, I am mm-hmm. anticipating where it's going to go. And it seems simple, but not all players do it. And Reggie Evans did it. And it seems like Justin does it as well. Very you know who impressive. else does that? Uh, who else? Kyle Lowry. Ah, we are going to get to, I guess, old <laughs> Kyle very, very shortly. Um, because there were a few things that we should probably talk about that have transpired over the past few days. But we'll save that for the end of, of the show. But uh Yes, Kyle Lowry was very good at it, and Justin Champagny is also very good at it. I I think he's got a really good shot of making the team because there is a lot of there's not a lot of clarity in those final few roster spots. Um, I think they the Raptors are kind of looking for someone to to stand out, and Justin's sort of doing that. I'm not sure how they're going to figure out some of their big man issues. Obviously, they're going with this uh, this new look, you know, positionless basketball. But you do need some guys who are like tall, you know, like really tall. And uh, I think of a Freddie, a Freddie Gillespie, you know, he hasn't been very impressive uh, in preseason. He wasn't very impressive in summer league either. So that's an issue for him. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, I mean, who knows? Like the Raptors are always a, a franchise. They're just going to take the best player available um, or the person who, th- they, who they think has the best uh, upside. And he's at uh, 20 years old. It seems like he's going to be a player and a person who's going to be willing to accept his role in the offense, and he's just going to help you win games. He's got a a decent three-point shot, too. So I think he's got a really good shot. He's done nothing but impress. Any other thoughts on on Justin, Katie? No, I just can't wait to see more. Love it. Let's let's move on to to Malachi, because I think a lot of people were wanting to see more from Malachi. He didn't play much in the first (laughs) game. People were just like, oh, Delano has passed him and then Nick clarified after the game he's like no I just wanted to see a certain lineup Malachi will play more in the second game and then he did Mm -hmm. and he showed us some stuff your thoughts yeah I think Nurse like kind of intentionally left him out uh I mean he did play to like in the second half like uh, uh, your preseason games like you're just tossing everything in there and seeing what sticks and what clarifies, especially with a team like this, that that's like what continues to strike me. It struck me Monday being there watching the game, struck me last night watching on TV. But like, I don't know if it's hitting you the same way, but realizing, oh yeah, this is basically a brand new team. Really you know, is. like that keeps coming in flashes. And I think that takes a little while for us to get our head around and like nurses 
getting his head around it by mm-hmm. messing around with uh, the, the rotations. I don't think there should be too much weight or thought given to where Malachi necessarily fits or even how he's looking yet. Like one, what a weird like first season, like rookie season to have in totally. the NBA. Totally. Uh, where again, I don't think his role was especially clear then either, and that's fine, but he also didn't have the advantage of shuttling back and forth between 905 and the Raptors, which is something that a lot of rookies get that chance. And mm-hmm. not even as a a relegation thing, because it's never that, but an immersion thing, right? To like really double down on the culture and the feel and the plays and everything. He didn't have that. He'll just get play, more of that this right? season, play, I think. Play, just yeah, play basketball. Just play. Don't sit on the bench. Just to play. To play, you have to play a lot of basketball <laughs> to get very good and look very cohesive at basketball at this level. Quarter and he hasn't really right had that yet. You have to play yeah. basketball to get better at basketball. <laughs> you're absolutely right. I'm not making very you, simple. But you're absolutely, you're absolutely right. People forget that. <laughs> very simple stuff. Yeah, very simple stuff. Um, I feel very like heartened by the times that I've heard him speak, whether at camp uh, last week or like a little bit, you know, this week. It's just that yeah. he's still super confident. I think he seems to just really be like, one, getting familiar with the team in Toronto, what it's like to play in Toronto. But he's just like, he's very much himself. He's a calm, pretty even keel guy. I feel super heartened by what Fred Van Vliet said on Media Day, which was like, since Malachi got to the Raptors, he's been getting up under Fred. (laughs) Fred said, like, from the very beginning, like Fred said he did to Kyle Lowry. That's all that you want. Um, he Delano hasn't passed him on the depth chart. I think the two of them would also really not want to look at it that way either. Mm-hmm. They're completely <laughs> different kinds of players. Yep. You're going to get very different things out of Delano than you are out of Malachi. That's just the way that they're built. That's the way that they're going to fit into this roster. Um, but yeah, I just like, I don't think, like a lot of the players on the Raptors, I don't think we've really seen the best of him yet. But I also can't really blame him for it. Sure. Um, I've been like the the game yesterday. I was really impressed by a shooting that really stuck out to me, mm-hmm. and that's something that I think is going to be. It's always going to separate Delano and, and Malachi for those who believe that perhaps Delano has passed Malachi. Is that Delano's not a great shooter, and in preseason you can get away with that, but in the regular season that's going to get snuffed out. And you might see some like crazy things like the Russell Westbrook treatment, right? That the Lakers did to him uh, <laughs> where they just didn't guard him because they're like, he's not going to make a shot. I want you to take this shot. Like that's just an example of what could happen. But with Malachi, he's like taking three steps forward and becoming a, a true three level scorer. And that mm-hmm. is such an asset to have as a point guard. His three point shooting was really up and down last season, but the shots he hit yesterday, they were really impressive And this. And you were in, uh, in Vegas, like, he had a couple of really great performances and his shooting was very good then. I think he shot 40% in summer league. And uh, yesterday, you know, taking that uh, hop step into a shot, coming off the screen and hitting a three. Like these are things that you don't always see from sophomore players, especially at that size. That's the really impressive mm-hmm. part. And then if he's able to, if he's going to continue being this uh, great three-point shooter, then all of a sudden now his pick and roll game is going to take three steps forward too, because now he's that much more of a threat behind the three-point line, and he's going to be able to create that space for him and a Precious or whoever's screening for him, a Scotty, for instance. They're going to have more space to to carve out the defense to make things really difficult on them, and it's going to put Malachi in a really good spot. And also, his defense is still going to be elite. Like he had a couple of possessions against Tyrese Maxey where he was just being such an asshole to him 
just such a jerk just being right in his business and and like max he was giving him the the shoulders and and the elbows and stuff like that and he got an offensive foul that happened late in the fourth quarter um but like i look at him you have a player who's great at defense who wants to play defense and now he's just continuing to uh, progress as a scorer like how much more do you want from a kid at in his second year it's there's nothing but good things to say about malachi from me and a confident shooter too you know yeah. i'm glad you touched on that because there was a couple points in last night's game where he just kind of rolled really slow and easy you know and he like just kind of stopped went into a pull up and he made those shots i saw him make two from the same two threes from the same spot so mm-hmm. he knows where he's strongest i like that already you know and like yeah. from there he can only really improve you know and like really increase that shooting arsenal so i'm pretty heartened by what i've seen so far from him Let's move on to Svi, Svi Mihailuk, who <laughs> I have to apologize to. All right, I'm going to say it right now to everyone watching that on a preview episode, I said that, oh, so he's a, it's kind of a shooter, and that's pretty much all he is. He's been up and down as a shooter, but it seems like he's more of a depth piece, um, a late rotation guy, and that's that. And he has oh so much shut me up <laughs> because he is Yeah, you feel that. bad now. I do feel bad. That's why I'm apologizing. Like, I'm... I, I can I can fess up to it that I've made a mistake. Um, last night and in the previous game, he has shown that he is not just a shooter. He is much more than that. Uh, his cutting, his driving, which has been really impressive, his decision-making, the way he operates in the pick and roll, using his handle, uh, finding those lanes to make passes. It's like, it's really impressive. And as Nick said the other day, he's like, I really like Svi. You know what? I really like Svi too. <laughs> he's gritty i like that too you know he's a gritty player Uh, i think he understands where he sits right now in the kind of late late rotation and even availability for these last spots i think that's Mm -hmm. like lit a fire under him necessarily but he's another player who's like not he's not short of experience you know i think he's another player who he's not necessarily like it is an audition but there's a difference between treating it as an audition that you're kind of you're very desperate for versus showing up and being confident that like you've got the work like under your belt that it took to get here um and i think just like the way that he plays he's a very now that we've seen him more i think like it's very clear he's a really raptor style kind of diamond in the rough style player which i enjoy um and yeah like hearing him speak during camp super grounded again just like again these you can see now that these are like the character traits that are running through a lot of Mm -hmm. the new players and like Mm -hmm. it makes me feel very confident in the team in terms of what they were looking for when they they cast like a pretty wide net you know and didn't just settle for some guys that you just see their names popping up and like on teams like season to season so i like speed granted like yeah we haven't seen a lot yet but i really like him he is uh he is extremely fun to watch one of the unheralded things of the Raptors organization, how they pick players, is they get players with high levels of character who are grounded mm-hmm. people, good people who desire to win, who are unselfish. And you look up and down this roster, the, the players that they've had, and also in previous years, Mark, Kyle, uh, Serge, all Danny, Danny Green as well. Um, I mean, he came in the trade, but Danny was also that kind of guy. Um, mm-hmm. so unselfish just want to see the team win, want to see their teammates be successful and just work hard. And that's a great way to start a franchise. <laughs> it's a great way to do things. There was a, two things that stuck out to me about Svi. Um, 
is that he had two pick and rolls with with uh, Scotty Barnes. And in one mm-hmm. of them, he uh, he rec- his head is always up. That's what I love about it. It's like similar to Delano too. Head's always up, and he's just navigating. He's looking at to see what the defense is doing. So, uh, Scotty Barnes sets a screen for him. The defender kind of shows. Sabi makes a crossover, and Scotty, you know, cuts right to the basket. And Sabi found him. Right? It was a really nice pass, open dunk. And then the other one. This really got me excited. Okay, okay. This one really got me. <laughs> is that um, he saw that there was a screen being made. He made a crossover through his legs, and then he drove towards the basket, and then he hit a step-back shot. I was just like, okay, okay. Not everyone can do that. And he's got deceptive quickness. He really has a – he's got a, some quickness to him that I really, I, really, I really dig. And a little showtime from him. We saw the reverse dunk. It was kind of a double clutch. Anyway, moving on to <laughs> – the other golden child. Actually, no. Let's do let's do Gary first. Then we'll move on to Scotty. Okay. We all know that okay. Scotty is the golden child. Let's move on to to Gary because I haven't seen him yet in summer league, and uh, he an interesting an interesting season for him coming up because he's going to be counted on to do a few things. One of them, obviously, is score, and also he's got to carve out kind of a, a role for him. He discussed it a little bit last night after the game. He's like, I'm kind of I'm game for whatever the Raptors need from me, but I wonder what the Raptors need from him, you know, like what is the best role mm-hmm. for him? Mm-hmm. Because there is a bit of a log jam in that shooting guard position. And I'm saying that only because of what they want to create for the franchise. You know, if like you can't say that, okay, there's not a lot of shooting guards on the team. That's it's not that like Utah could play shooting guard. OG could shoot, could play shooting guard. Pascal could be a shooting guard. I remember a couple of days ago, like <clears throat> nurse was in his like little mad scientist head and he was like i could see a lineup where like pascal's the point guard and og shooting guard and chris boucher is a three and then i got scotty at the four and then i have cam at the five and he was just like laughing hysterically as he was saying it this is what this is where they are and so i i wonder what uh, i wonder what gary's role is going to be and what he's going to be asked to do i almost wonder if gary has been quiet up to this point just because as you said the rotational stuff is there is a bit of a log jam it's not necessarily clear and i don't know that the team actually knows what they want from him i know mm. they want something from him because they've invested in him this summer yeah, so like that i am not confused about um mm. but i also think that there's something you saw it last night with utah not playing and i think once boucher's back too a lot of the concerns no, they're they're like they're big guys. Those yeah. two, they're it. Sure, it doesn't like address the question of like not having a traditional big that can kind of go toe to toe with Embiid. Yeah, you're still gonna have to double team guys. That's where you're gonna lose a lot of that size. But mm-hmm. those that to me is a position where Gary could thrive. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com code buttery exclusions apply see site for details because you know when those guys are double teaming and Embiid that gives room for Gary to kind of move around slip through some screens you know like post up sure. under the basket which I think is where he's shown he's pretty good at like his his outside shooting is not great I think he it's something that he's talked about wanting to work on mm. but I think again like we just we don't really know we love Gary but we don't really know Gary yet. <laughs> and like when I say I don't know what his role is going to be, like I know that his, his shot creation is one of the best on the team. So that's going to be used mm-hmm. in some capacity. It has to be like you need every team needs like a late shot clock guy. And because of his tough shot making ability, he's going to be factored into that. But last night, I think he took 12 shots and he was just unleashing them. Like, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Not all the shots were great shots. We've seen him that he could make those shots when he gets hot. Mm-hmm. And he had a couple of games last year that were very impressive, but I don't think that's what the Raptors are. That's what it's not what the, that's not what's going to help the Raptors win games all the time. Is him doing that? And you know when they're completely healthy, he's going to go back to being what the third, fourth option if he's on the court with like a uh, Pascal and an OG and so forth. And so, how does he factor mm-hmm. into the rest of this lineup? I do love his shot creation. Like there were a couple of baskets last night where I was just like, "That's pretty impressive that he's doing that." Um, the step backs and uh, kind of just working in the mid range area—it's um, all good stuff. But I just want to see uh, what the future is kind of for him. And also, if I had to point to one thing that I think he has to work on a little bit is his relocation on the court. I don't think he's great mm-hmm. at it. And I think that's an area that actually Nurse had talked about a few days ago that Utah's really good at. That he makes those like couple of shuffles left and right to make create that those open passing lanes. And there was a particular mm-hmm. a few cases last night where Gary could have made those steps and he didn't do it necessarily. And I think if he's gonna be counted on to be like that <clears throat> elite catch and shoot guy, which I think he will be because he has to be that guy. He shot like 40% doing that in Portland. Didn't really translate to Toronto last year, but, you know, different circumstances. But um, he has to be making those, like, couple shuffles. And I'm sure that's something they're going to work on uh, as they as they progress in the season. But, uh, yeah, I'm curious how things shake out for Gary, because it is a big year for him, right? Mm-hmm. Two things about that is I think, one, I'm not super concerned about Gary's lack of spatial awareness at this point just because i don't think anyone necessarily knows where they're supposed to be (laughs) at any given time that's where like a lot of these jam ups are happening and i keep telling myself this is a a completely normal place to be in with this team uh two he's a rhythm shooter i think and again that just goes back to this kind of timing and sense of like 
mm-hmm. where people are on the floor at what time. I think also that's why it's good to see him taking so many shots to feel it out for himself to see like what's going to stick, you know? There's yeah. no rhythm. There is no rhythm so to speak of the team yet. So when you have a shooter, I think like Gary who seems very comfortable once he's kind of hit his stride, that can't happen right now in preseason yeah. like eclectic messy very fun but like preseason basketball i got you and to to be fair like you uh like you're talking about nick has said that he hasn't really worked on the offense too much like he knows that Mm -hmm. um the half court offense needs work he's like but so far we've been doing defense and how can we translate our defense to offense because one of my favorite quotes from him so far this year is like if we're going to play all this damn defense we may as well get some offense out of it <laughs> and so that's what they're working yes. on is how can they get out <laughs> yes. on the break quickly and how can they translate them into into buckets so the half court offense i mean is gonna improve i'm assuming although i i'm still a little bit critical of you know what nick's has planned because he hasn't really shown that he can make a great half court offense yet so far with the raptors but i'm just saying um maybe i'm wrong who knows uh, let's move on to Scotty. All right, so mm-hmm. he didn't really show us necessarily too much more from what we saw in the first game, but it's all still good stuff. Um, what did uh, what stuck out to you for for Scotty in game two? You know, the same thing that I think is stuck out in all the games. Same thing I think yeah. that stuck out to me in summer league is just the amount of sheer joy and enthusiasm and energy that Scotty plays with. Mm-hmm. And I don't even mean that in a simplified way because that's going to translate so differently on court any given night it's going to be the kind of energy that the team i think will have to like dig in and tap into on in like i'm picturing well ahead into like a february an early february like i don't know tuesday night slump of a game yeah you need somebody like that um i think and like this is just my like sheer protectivism of him but i think there's a lot of expectations you know of course he's a top five pick of what it look, what his career is going to look like this season. I think it will look how it looks. I think the Raptors are in a great position because they haven't necessarily had to draft for in any draft actually in re, like recent memory. They haven't had to draft for immediacy, so they've set up actually a really ideal spot for a player like Scotty, who is a top five prospect, who has a lot of I think you know proper pressure on him to deliver at the same time this also gives him a lot of room he's in, he's landed basically in a more forgiving system because it gives him so much more room to develop with mm-hmm. urgency and good pressure but not with the kind of like heavy crushing expectations that unfortunately i do think rookies get in their first season season over season so what i want to caution and hope everyone hopes for scotty is like be really happy with what we get from him this season in terms of return on the floor, but protect at all costs this energy that we see from Scotty because I don't want to see that ever diminish. He's going to get a reality check at certain points. He's talked about that too. I think he's very, yeah. he's not delusional, but this is like authentically how he is. And I do not want to see that go away, you know, as his NBA career goes on into hopefully a very long future. That's a that's a great thing to point out, actually, because with uh, another player that we see on the Raptors, Pascal Siakam, we saw his joy kind of go away. And he went mm-hmm. from being this person that was so fun to talk to um, with the media, and he really changed how he was. 
uh, last season and maybe a little, yeah, pretty much last season, the bubble, mm-hmm. all that stuff. And I don't blame him, right? Because the way he was being villainized by fans, by media sometimes, um, it wasn't fair, right? And it didn't tell like the whole picture of what was happening. And his spirit did kind of go away. And Fred's talked about uh, a media that he mentioned, and also Pascal, they said that he's he's kind of getting back to getting the joy mm-hmm. back with basketball. And he, he was smiling so much more on media day. I haven't seen him smile like that in a long, long time. Obviously, yeah, last season, either. yeah, all the all the losing didn't help. He's a winner. He's been a winner his, his whole career. Um, and this is going back to college too. Like he's just been a winner. And so losing takes a toll on you. But I don't want to see Scotty lose that joy either because it's his meal ticket. That's a big reason why the Raptors brought him in is his devotion to wanting to win games. We know how much... Masai wants to win games. I swear to God, they should have like just win on a big, big plaque somewhere in their <laughs> dressing room. Just like win in like 300 font somewhere because that's all he talks about. <laughs> um, yeah, it's his spirit, his, uh, his, his joy for winning games and playing. And those can't go away. And also, obviously, his uh, how committed he is to improving and getting better. That's why mm-hmm. you know, how things progress with his shot are going to be interesting. I'm not, I haven't seen him make too many shots so far in uh, preseason. And it's obviously very much a work in progress, but I don't doubt that he's working on it too. All right. Last but not least, Kyle Lowry. Now, why are we talking about Kyle Lowry? Um, it's for a few reasons. One, because last night, um, Josh Lundberg, reporter at TSN, pregame asked Nick, hey, who are your starters for tonight? And Nick says, Kyle, Goron, OG, Scotty, and Precious. And then he cor- corrected himself and he said, sorry, Fred, Goron, and so forth. Um, <laughs> this is also fresh in our minds still. And I posted that comment on our on our IG, uh, the Yahoo Sports Canada IG, and everyone this had like sad faces. That's a lot of the comments. There's like tears, yeah. right? Because it's still <laughs> it's still so fresh, and seeing him in a in a Miami jersey is still so weird. But the reason, another reason why we're talking about Kyle, it's not just that. It's what's um what's happened with the perception of him since arriving in Miami. In two games so far, he's played 32 minutes. He has 17 assists, five steals. He's not shooting too much, as we know with Kyle. He will shoot when he needs to, but right now he's just working on developing chemistry, um, getting other guys the ball, stuff like that. He's perfectly happy. If he, he if you tell him that he had like four points and 12 assists and they got a W, he's like, cool, I'm happy with that. He will score if he needs to. Obviously, he's getting a little bit older, but he's clearly got lots of game. Um, but <laughs> there's been a lot of comments saying like, oh, um, Miami is unleashed Kyle. And there was one particular <laughs> tweet that I saw that I had to... I, I'm not going to put the, the handle out there, but one comment from a Heat fan was Spolster got Kyle looking like prime Steve Nash. And I was like, oh, my God. OK, let's relax here. <laughs> um, is this like, yeah, is this I, I hate to play this card again because we've heard it nonstop and Raptor fans have talked about it nonstop. You know, the you guys don't know who we are. You don't pay attention to our team. And I hate that storyline, but this really does feed to that, that people just didn't know what he was doing here. Mm -hmm. I also have to say that when Nick said that in the pregame, my heart like seized up for a second. (laughs) 
And I think that's just going to happen more and more. Like every, there are going to be moments, moments this season where in my mind where I'm like, yeah, I'm over and I'm totally cool. Kyle's gone. Where like things like that happen and you're just like, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. I'm not. Um, but yeah, I agree. I don't like feeding into that uh, line of dialogue because yeah. it sucks. But there are moments when you're like, yeah, there's truth in that. That's why that's where this came from. You know, mm-hmm. like it, it came from somewhere. We didn't just make it up, which is nice. It's nice to know we're not gaslighting ourselves constantly uh, as Toronto <laughs> Raptors fans. Uh, I don't think anything has been, quote, unleashed. You don't unleash something like Kyle is a rare player, so I want to, like, that's the caveat to this. But a player who's been in the league as long as Kyle Lowry, like, he plays the way he plays now. Yeah. You're not going to get too many, because you don't need too many new different things added mm-hmm. season over season. So you're not necessarily unleashing an entirely new side of him. Like, you're just getting the fully developed, fully mature, yeah. all the benefits of Kyle Lowry now. He's a fully formed player. That's what the Heat are seeing. And I imagine, yeah, that's what a, a lot of fans are seeing for the first time, not just in Miami, but like American NBA fans who yeah. never really gave him the time of day or maybe were like, also fell into the annoying line of thinking where it's like, he's just annoying. <laughs> like, okay, cool. Now that's like, I mean, we we know, I think as Toronto fans, like to me, that's always how I've been able to really quickly sort through people who pay attention to basketball and watch it a certain way. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Or like watch it at all? Who understand nuance? To use a, a favorite a favorite term of the the Raptors this season, but who understand nuance in basketball and in Kyle Lowry's yeah. game, and those who haven't. So it hurts a little bit, but in a way, I'm also just like, yeah, enjoy the gifts that this man is going to give you. And I think it is bittersweet because I've enjoyed also seeing Heat fans very quickly very quickly warm like to kyle lowry to the point where they're like he might be my favorite i think i saw someone say like he might be my favorite heat point guard of all time (laughs) like okay cool like we told you so (laughs) it's like this snap your fingers and all of a sudden they realize that this guy is actually an nba champion he's Mm -hmm. uh one of the best point guards in the nba and he's been like that for a long time as soon as he he became a raptor along with damar um success started happening to the franchise winning follows him you know the, the wind share graphics that have been going on for eons right he's always he's right at the top um since mm-hmm. he became a raptor and those aren't things that you can't you can't look past and it's it's not just one thing with kyle it's everything it's that's why it's kyle lowry over everything because he does so much on the court that helps you win games and you can't even quantify it in like one or two sentences because it's a list it's a dictionary of things that he can to do, or the source rather, I guess, a thing that he can do um, to help you win a basketball game. He just no, it's does a dictionary, I think. Encyclopedia? Yeah, Probably encyclopedia. an encyclopedia. Yeah, it's yeah. encyclopedia. That's what it was. Yeah, I'll leave that in. <laughs> um, I'll admit my mistake. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's, that's Kyle, right? And uh, I think the Heat, you know, just to touch on them for a second, is that their half-court offense is going to be something that uh, – People are looking at it as maybe one of their weaknesses defensively. Obviously, they're going to be very strong. Jesus, you know, Bam, Jimmy, Kyle, PJ Tucker, like they're going to be a very good defensive team. But their half court offense has to reach new new levels. And if Tyler Hero is indeed back to being bubble hero, and this is just who he is, he's off to a kind of a good start. And you have Kyle working with Bam and you know finding the shooters, and he's just you know being that uh, that conductor, right? Like he was in Toronto. Mm-hmm. They're shaping up to be a very good team this year. Yeah. 
Katie, anything else today? They're going to be one of... Uh, no, I just like, I can't wait to watch the heat. I've uh, already become a trader. I have a Kyle Lowry uh, heat jersey. You um, do? What color? Mm-hmm. Is it Miami Vice? Oh, uh, they, yeah, it is the Vice. I Good mean, job. the heat were very smart because Lowry's never going to wear that jersey. But immediately <laughs> upon the acquisition of Lowry, PJ Tucker, and Markeith Morris, they released yeah. them into the Miami Heat team store. So you can mm-hmm. get those Vice jerseys. Not the Vice Versa, not the two-tone, but the black with the nice neon blue and pink, you can get those for Kyle Lowry and I. I have one, uh, so I'm very excited to wear that. But above and beyond that, like I like this Heat team because, as you know, it yeah. includes pretty much like I don't know. Aside from Hero, that starting lineup is are some of my favorite basketball players. So I can't wait to see them. It's gonna hurt every time. But uh, to get back to the Raptors, <laughs> like, <laughs> to get quickly back to the Raptors, uh, I yeah. think it's it's really early. I'm really happy with what we've seen. I'm more happy than I am kind of confused. And there's going to okay. be a lot of confusion. And I think people should like brace themselves for that. Just enjoy the weirdness and the messiness of this team as they figure things out. That should be their slogan. The Toronto Raptors, embrace the weirdness. That should be the yes. slogan for this season. <laughs> <laughs> all the good and all the bad. Katie, thank you so much for, for joining me today. We'll talk to you very shortly. Everyone, enjoy uh, enjoy your weekend, and we'll talk to you soon. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.